You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. Get them out from under their condemnation that they themselves couldn't get themselves out from under. Nicodemus, you must have something that God has, and He loves in such a way to give it to His people. Thank you, Lord, for such love that's beyond my wildest imagination. That's a hateful doctrine to everyone that is not born again in most people at all. Suppose, friend, that God would give everybody a shot at it. They're absolutely unable to do anything to help themselves. I ask you tonight what a bear would that have been. If a man, let's just say that I love ham, but I can't climb, I don't love to climb, and he hangs it up in the top of a tree that I can never get to, and tell me if you'll reach it, you can have it. That's why God sending Jesus and dying for our sins and me being under condemnation that I can't do anything anyway, I'm separated from God, and then telling me that it's yours and you can have it if you want it. And there's no way on earth for me to reach it. That's what it amounts to. But God done some way. Not only that he gave it to me, but he provided a way for it to be applied to my life. And that's what he's telling Nicodemus. The work of Christ must be applied to the elect of God that I chose before the world was, and there's no way for them to do it. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and apply that work to their lives, that they might be with me forever and forever and forever. That's the way the little babies get saved. That's the way that people don't have good mind get saved. They little babies not getting saved on them a child purity. And a person that grows up and never has a sound mind, he don't get to heaven because of a, he wasn't accountable. That's not it. He gets to heaven through a plan of God that's steadfast and is sure as Jesus Christ himself. And God loved in this way. God so loved that he sent a sacrifice in that way. Oh, the mysteries of God. I don't understand even what I'm saying. My ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. God says that I devised a plan in heaven before you ever lived that you cannot understand, but I'll fix you where you can believe it. But you have to study to know the truth of it. And if you don't, in all probability you're going to believe error and get something on your level and then tell how ungrateful I am by the true plan and how unjust I was and God's not fair. He's the most fairish, he's the Bible, he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He's not only like that, but he's fair and just, even saving one human being that went under that condemnation through Adam, our own works as well. Sinful nature, separated from God. Let me ask you again, have you shared your sin with anyone this week? Would it 
you hadn't shared your sin with anyone this week, I know you didn't. I'm talking about a human being. Then I know you wouldn't share it with God. But isn't it wonderful that I can share my sin with God? I go to Him and I say, God, I sinned today. And I go to Him unafraid, knowing He's going to hear me. And after I confess it, I'm going to be able to feel like in John 1, 7, that the blood of Jesus Christ keeps cleansing me from my sin. And I can thank Him for being my Heavenly Father. You know how I do that? It sure wasn't because I accepted Him one day. It's because that He gave me eternal life and fixed me to where that I could have that privilege of using the throne of grace. I never do. You don't never accept anything about eternal life. That's just like accepting the wind. God gives it to you. And then you hear the gospel. The Holy Spirit will bear. As you have that life, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. And you have every right to have King Jesus' name upon your lips. And there's nobody want to have King Jesus' name upon their lips. But what can have it? Nobody wants to go to heaven while I get to go. Nobody's left out that wants to get in. But nobody wants to go, wants to get in, except those that God has given life. And without that, I'll tell you exactly. I'm going to tell you pictures in the Bible. It's in, in Peter's writing. It's about an old hall. And people got out of the mire and washed her up. And undoubtedly, I put a red ribbon around her neck and perfumed her good. And turned her loose. And Peter describes that about people uh, that... Uh, that that's trying to get to heaven by their own works. And uh, trying to get to heaven and have nothing done in their, in their polluted nature. And he said, after that, he said, it's like this. That it's like the sow that returns to her wallow and like the dog that returns to her vomit. He talked about imposters, even preachers, that preaching that's not even born again, that don't even love God. If it wasn't for what they were getting out of it, personally, they'd be just like an old sow. Get her out of the wild. Meyer, take some Ajax, wash her up, put good perfume on her, but turn her loose and she'll go back to that watering hole. Why will she go back? Because you didn't do nothing on the inside of her. Why does a person want to come to God, confess his sin, tell him that he's a sinner, feel sin, feel the piercing effects of it, and turn to God for mercy? Why does he do that? It's because that he has been born of God. Friends, there'll be a day you'll sing out in heaven if you belong to God. You may detest it in this life. It may make you mad. But there'll be a day coming when you will confess to God that His salvation was 100% by His grace. And everything that you've done, you've done it because He blessed you to do it. You will not take no credit in heaven whatsoever. And you'll never have an opportunity to walk up to God and tell Him when you let Him save you. You will never get to do that. But you will get to go up and thank God for saving you and thanking you for washing you water and snow by His blood and giving praise perfectly in heaven. You will have that and say, God, I thank you for loving in that way. So God loved in that way and He loved his people. And it's called the world here in John in some places. So that's what he's talking about here in John 1.17. He's talking about the chosen people of God. But he, but he calls them a world. And then, uh, 
It says here that God's Son is the Savior of God's chosen people. John 4, 42. John 4, 42. There that word world comes into view again. And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now the only way that can be true is to say it this way. Now let's read the whole thing again. And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of God's chosen people. Believers, in John 1.29, in that verse it says that Jesus is going to be the Savior. It said in that verse that he's going to wash our sins away, going to take our sin guilt away. John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of God's chosen people, the sin of the world. That's why I say it in Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But why? Because Jesus Christ has removed their sin gift. I want to read you another place that I won't read anymore. There's one in John 6. John 6, 33 has the same idea that that uh, Jesus gives life unto the world. It says there, meaning more than that you must be born again by God and it's through Jesus Christ that God gives all the life to his children people. That's all in the world that that means in my interpretation of the Bible. But I want to read you what G.E. Ladd said. He's a modern day uh, uh, theologian. What I say in modern day, he lives in my time. He's still living and I don't even know whether he's a Baptist or not. But I want to tell you about what G.E. Ladd said about these five scriptures that I have read to you about here, or three or four of them that I read, and, and about John 6.33. Uh, I want to read you what he said about it. Uh, I wanted to get someone that wasn't a, a Baptist to, to make some comment on that. Most, comment- most commentators that write, uh, here's what they say about the verses I'm talking to you about tonight, that... God so loved that shows us the immensity of His love. How much that God loved the world. That's every human being. And that if you just believe, God will save you. That's what every one of them said. But here's what G.E. Ladd said. And of course the reason I like that is because I believe he said the truth about it. Nevertheless, here is what he has to say. These sayings, now these sayings are these five verses I read to you about here about Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world. Here's what he says about them. These sayings carry no distinctive universalistic emphasis. He's saying that that God just universally loving everybody said that's not the emphasis there. It has, these have no distinctive universalistic emphasis, but merely designed, uh, but merely designate uh, uh, mankind at large as the object of God's love. Or what these verses do is this, that they said that God loved in this way. 
they have, he has some people among the Jews. And he has some people among the Gentiles. He has some people in every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. And God sent his son, sent a sacrifice for the removal of their sin, their condemnation, that they might receive his salvation through eternal life to live with him forever and forever. The Bible never does teach about in this life, in the life to come. It's not that way. You get eternal life now and experience it in a more abundant way in the next age. But here the Bible does talk about ages. He talks about some people uh, that, that cannot be forgiven in this age or in this world in the world to come. That's in this age and the age to come is the age that we're now living in. But this age will be stopped one time. And all the impurities will be burned out. And then a glorious new age will begin. So we have eternal life now. We get out from under condemnation now. We have the removal of sin guilt now. We have eternal life in us. Bang, witness with our life, that we are with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Jesus Christ said, I quote it this morning, I come that you might have life, but you might also have it more abundantly. Eternal life just will be more glorious and radiant, learning more, living with God forever and forever. How do you get that way? It was because that God loved in this way. God so loved. God so loved in this way that he sent a sacrifice, his only begotten son, that the objects of his love might not perish in condemnation, but that they might receive or be born from above, therefore one day meeting Jesus Christ in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. In my, my understanding, that is salvation by grace, the unconditional kind. In verse, verse 18, we've read, it is said up here in verse 17, we've read that, uh, if I don't get through this, I'll probably will not try to keep you in it next Sunday. But we need to look at this whosoever will, this whosoever business just a little bit, that whosoever believeth. That word just sounds like it, that God just told the gate open and says, you can walk in if you want to. If you don't, don't blame nobody but yourself. I made a way. That's what it seems like it whatsoever. That's uh, whosoever that whosoever believeth. That's what that word sounds like. This is an object. But uh, let me say about this, number two, was the evidence of God, of love, the manifestation of God's love is found in that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus a sacrifice. That's how that God uh, loved in this way. He sent Jesus a sacrifice. And then we get down to the object of his love has to do with this word, whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believe it, whosoever. About the first meaning that you'll come up to if you got down this, this book of yourself, Chef, you had one, and you learn how to use it a little, you'll say, I wonder now what that word, what, that whosoever, what, what that man have in mind when he was getting that out of that Greek a long time ago and he translated it before I could say something about it, whosoever. What, what, what does that say in the Greek? Well, you got that down and studied a little bit. Uh, if you were real honest, you, you, you'd come up with something just about like this. Uh, that whosoever, it really says this. 
Those who are of this kind, believers, beloved, disciples, saints, children of God, God so loved this way that those who are of this kind, bottom half, then you've got something to really hang your teeth in. God loves in this way that those of this kind should not perish but be born again. That's what that says. You can go to heaven on that. You can rest with it. It makes sense. It keeps God in the right position. He's got a salvation that I cannot understand. It's not on man's level. It's on God's level. Loving in this way that those of this kind might be saved. But it's not talking about their active faith that has made them get born again. It's not talking about that. So what you'd be finding then in your study would be those who are of this kind. It has the idea of the only one. It's not just, just everybody. It's, 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 it's talking about the family of God. The only one. A special group of people here designated as believers. That's what that's saying. It, it's really the object of God's love. In Acts 9 2, is a thought there, and a lot of other places in the Bible. Uh, Paul in Acts 9 2 is asked for permission to go down uh, and to bind in prison any that he finds in this way of that time. That means believers belong to the church and advocating that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He wasn't going down to get everybody in Damascus, he was going down there to get anybody of this time. So Jesus Christ come not to condemn this kind, but to save this kind, to get condemnation out away from this kind, and to give eternal life to this kind, that this kind might see God in peace. After all, and live, feeling that peace in our bodies, in our bosoms, right now, tonight. That's so that's what uh, whatsoever means. God loves in this way that those of this kind could receive salvation. Then, in verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. And you can rest assured of that, that'll stand the test of time. Any person that can lift up their souls in an act of faith to the object, Jesus Christ the Lord, is not condemned. Well, how do you know he's not condemned? Because it took that life that got him out from under condemnation applied, applied to his own soul before that he could actively believe. He can't take no wonder Paul kept saying, well, I'm just trying to interpret what Jesus said. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That's what that's saying. He that believes on him is not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already. When friends, it just wasn't what called that he wouldn't believe. He is condemned for that Jesus Christ ever left heaven. Can you see that tonight? But there is therefore now no condemnation to them of this kind that Jesus come to save. Oh yes, friend, God standing something special in him. He loves them better than all. He loves them better than anything. He makes 
special provision for them. He says, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. So me and little old James, God, if we ever go sailing through the air to meet King Jesus in the air, we may say in this life that we have faith, and I thank God for it. And we look upon Jesus Christ, just like they did that serpent in the wilderness. Don't look upon Moses. He can't help. You must put your faith in an object. And that true object one day will be manifested. Jesus Christ the Lord. And those that can then actively exercise that, they need not believe that they're condemned any longer. Their precious Jesus has done something for them. Then, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, that's Jesus Christ. And men love darkness because they're in sin, because of their nature, love darkness rather than light. See, uh, see, uh, that light has come into the world, that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They're so evil they won't confess them to each other, much less to God. Now let me ask you this question tonight. If God just provided a way and, and didn't do nothing for me, what I could believe in that way, you pray tell me out of this birth what good it would do me. If I'm living in darkness, that means that I'm dead and trapped in and sin, and I love that. Better than Jesus tell me how that I'm going to come to it. Well, Jesus wanted Nicodemus to know that God's going to give eternal life to some special people, the ones that he chose before the world walked, that they might bring him honor and glory in this life. This is why that God's way bigger than anybody else's way. That's why highfalutin has got no claim upon it no more than a pauper. Friends, whether, whether we're a pauper, whether we drive a Cadillac or push an apple cart, we must have a second birthday to enter in to the mighty kingdom of Israel's God. Whether you went to a university or you lived in the back alley and smelled his odor all the days of your life, the thing is going to count, not specifically that you accepted Christ, but that God lived in you, whereby that you could do it. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So here, the reason that men are not going to come to Jesus without being born again is because they're in darkness and love the same. Well, therefore, he said, the subject hasn't changed. Nicodemus, you see now why you got to be born again. Men come here totally depraved. Men live in that condition. They're in darkness. They love that better than they do life. It's dog eat dog in this old world as Adam had sinned. But God in this way saves people of this kind. They are the objects of his mighty love. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth comes to the light. The only way that anyone can come to the truth is that they first must be God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what I'm reading to you about tonight. In other words, they've got to be born again before they can do it. But he that doeth truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrong in God. Nicodemus, there is no way out. Only that you are must be born again. Don't let that, don't wonder so much at it. Just see your helplessness. Crying to God for mercy, if that's the way you feel. Throw yourself upon Him, for He cares for you. What I preach to you this morning and tonight is the most 
hated doctrine in all this world. People, most people years ago discarded it, done away forever, brought God down upon their, on their level. They think that the preacher and the singing and the praying is all that God needs to get eternal life into a person. But I'm going to tell you, a person can hear singing, preaching and praying all of their life, and when you turn him loose without eternal life, he's just like the sow that went back to her waller and the dog that returned to his vomit. But I'm going to tell you, friend, those that God works in, both willing to do, let them see the exceeding sinfulness of sin, show them their hard, hard, fired, and lost condition, and fixes them for the can say, for that old publican, Lord, be merciful unto me a sinner, a believing person, heaven shall be his home. Not because he said, Lord, be merciful unto me a sinner, but because eternal life fixed him to where that he could. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you didn't leave your people lost and ruined and under condemnation. Help us. Help us, O oh Lord, not try to help you with your salvation. Just those that are born again, help us to live for thee. Help us to encourage others to come and to hear, to come and repent, turn and follow thee. That's what we're supposed to say. And when it happens, help us to cry out with thanksgiving in our heart under the most high heaven. Lord, thank you for giving eternal life to brother or sister so-and-so or that little one, wherever it might be. God, we're thankful that this salvation is so powerful that it cannot be thwarted. It's so far-reaching that none of your people will be left out. It can reach down into the heart of a little baby or sin upon an old man and get all in between. God, thank you for your plan. Be, I'm not gonna, I cannot ask you to be long-suffering with us for a human being with such little insight going around thinking that the devil's got the upper hand and you're gonna lose a lot in the end. God, it will not be so. Help this church to be a pillow and ground the truth until you come back. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I do pray and amen. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also.